1: On today's show, we are excited to speak with Dr. Roshana Novelis, the founder and CEO of Enricher, a blockchain-enabled platform created to provide funding, networking, educational opportunities for the vastly underserved women-led business community. The program has three components, online courses, live conferences, and the debt-based funding portal. Roshana founded Enrich Her to support women entrepreneurs. It has since morphed into helping women get funding through a specific funding platform. The platform would include different types of funding crowdfunding and institutional, which includes angel investors, public and private banks, community funds, institution, and investment. Her challenge? How does she meet the needs of her two primary constituencies? founders and investors. Roshana is a gender equality advocate who believes in economic empowerment and inclusive economic growth. She comes highly credentialed, holding a PhD in systems engineering with a minor in finance, a master's of science in information technology, a bachelor of arts in business management economics, and a bachelor of science in computer engineering. Roshana has been featured in Fast Company, Forbes, and Huffington Post. She also has completed the Pipeline Angels Fellowship and a Kaufman program in angel investing. She serves on the Commission on Women for the City of Atlanta and was honored as one of the women who means business by the Atlanta Business Chronicle and one of the 40 under 40 by Georgia Trend. Roshanna was recently selected as a Social Entrepreneurship Fellow in the prestigious Halcyon Incubator in Washington, D.C. You'll often find Roshana at the latest bar, yoga, or boot camp. Roshana, welcome. And I have to say, I think you've taught me on your daily workout routine. I gave up boot camp years ago after I was um, in a class with a... Um, uh, of a person who he was in the Air Force and he killed me in that class. So congratulations to sticking with it.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. And of course, our fitness regimen should evolve based on what's best for our body. So mm-hmm. I definitely understand uh, switching it up as necessary.
2: Yeah. Well, Ashana, welcome to the show. We heard a little bit about your credentials and your success. Can you uh, give us a little bit of background on why Her, Why did you start that?
0: Of course. So I'm originally from San Diego, California. And growing up, my mother always impressed upon me how important it was to be in charge of your own finances. So when I was 12, she started bringing me to the investment club at her high school. So by the time I was 18, I was fully uh, comfortable managing my own investment portfolio. Uh, fast forward a couple years later when I was working, I helped a lot of my coworkers uh, figure out how to allocate their 401Ks, and I attended their closings for their first homes. So I knew then and there that so many individuals do not have the understanding of finances or the confidence in making the choice to uh, do the things that's best for them. And a couple years later, I moved to Atlanta from D.C. and decided that it was time for me to start my own uh, financial services firm, Novellas Financial. And with that firm, I focused on helping both individuals and small businesses with uh, their financial strategies. And I realized that the number one question that... Uh, business owners had was, how do I become investor ready? How do I raise capital? How do I stay in business so that I can use my own set of skills to impact the community? So what I did is started researching. I attended as many uh, angel group meetings as possible. That's when I did the uh, Pipeline Angels uh, um, program that you mentioned earlier. And I started talking to as many investors as possible so that I can help educate Uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, And that was well and good. But with that work that I was doing, I could tell that I can only impact a small number of people. And I wanted to do something that was so much more. So based on that experience and based on the fact that my job, as a member of the commission on women is to help advocate for women i came up with the idea for enricher because i wanted there to be a place that women could not only be inspired and be educated on what they needed to build a successful business but i also wanted them to have a community now earlier this year we had our first initiative which was get Wonderful and engaged over a thousand people, and I said I could add so much more. I have this technology background. I have this understanding of finance. I know what the problems are and how this whole funding process works. So, if not me, then who? So let me be part of the solution and not just someone who identifies the problem. So as being part of the solution, that's when I said, "Hey, let me build a platform that has a potential." of touching as many women as possible who are able and who need financing and who are qualified in the country. And that's what I set out to do through Enricher.
2: That's amazing. I love how you're realizing your vision and really just you know pushing forward and, and pushing harder for not just uh, the, the women founders but the investors that you may be working with. So your question and your challenge is really around how do you deal with your multiple constituencies? constituencies so first let's let's pack that a little bit more unpack it a little bit more it's really important to be clear and understand who your stakeholders are and on one side again you have your funders and on the other side there are entrepreneurs but we want to dial into that further so in your words who do you believe are your constituencies
0: so my constituencies are the funders and the founders so the founders or entrepreneurs want money quick easy and they want it now, right? They want the results. They want to make sure if they spend any time away from growing their company, that it's worth it. So there are so many programs out there that require an entrepreneur to allocate a lot of time for the potential of funding, and then that program may only give funding to one individual. So it ends up being a waste of time. And even traditional financing can take you know two months of time too much of effort to to um, from start to finish so entrepreneurs need funding easily and efficiently so that they can stay in business and grow their company at the rate that's necessary to be sustainable and then we have the funder or investor side now this group of people really want to uh, mitigate risk as much as possible so they would like as many guarantees as many caveats as many um, mechanisms in place to secure their investment because of course they don't want to lose money so every time you add a a caveat you add um, a tenant to an agreement you're weighing down the ease part for the entrepreneur so although both sides Want to be a part of the small business ecosystem? They have different drivers in place so that they can um, be the most successful in their approach in the system.
3: Yeah, um, Rashana, let's let's keep unpacking that a little bit because I know that you had said that your platform, which is still in development, right? It's not it's not completed yet. Um, has different funders on the funding side, right? So you've got angel investors, you've got public and private banks, community funds, and, you know, whoever else wants to be on the institutional side of that. Um, and you had mentioned that the funders want safety and guarantees. And I kind of see those groups very differently, right? So some some of those groups want a lot of safety and guarantees, right? Maybe the institutional folks, um, but other Other constituencies may not want as many safety and and guarantees, or they may just think about it differently. So have you kind of parsed through the different groups and and what their different um, interests might be, still kind of thinking about unpacking these two constituencies?
0: Yeah, so I've spoken to a lot of different funders, and some of them want a certain uh, collateral to be attached to to the loan or, and some of them want to have more of an active role in the management of the company for instance which isn't really feasible if you have a say a hundred, or a thousand people contributing to your campaign uh, as an investor, you can't have all these rights because the entrepreneur would spend all of her time, you know, fielding calls instead of running a profitable company. So there's different levels of personal attachment, different levels of um, risk in terms of what kind of things um, banks will, uh, banks or other financial institutions will need to feel like their um, investment is safe. Um, So yes, there are a lot of different um, things that people want. So our objective is to illustrate by um, the package that we present about each entrepreneur that they are a good bet. Clearly, nothing is guaranteed, but they are a good avenue if you're going to partake in funding women-led businesses, these are the best ones that you should consider. And we believe that over time, once people realize that women are a good bet, because, hey, by the way, we're undervalued, so typically um, you will make money, more money on a women-led business than a, a, a business that is all-male-led, um, and we're more likely to stay in business, we're more likely to repay loans. Um, we believe that all of these these attributes about our um, demographic on the platform will help investors become more and more comfortable over time.
3: Yeah, I'm glad you kind of extrapolated a little bit more, right? Because you do have these different groups. And I think one of the things you were saying earlier about the um, companies itself is you've got some competitions, you've got some you know, traditional loan packages, but there are certain pieces that a new company might not be qualified for at all, right? Like if they're a brand new company, they couldn't necessarily get a loan. They might not even qualify to put their time into a competition. But I think that both groups actually have a similar outcome that they want. So I'm going to just take a minute to recharacterize their roles a little bit, right? So both on the funding side and on the new company side or the, the founders side, both sides want a successful business, right? The, the founders want the successful business because mm-hmm. they're doing something that's for them mission driven. And I know that's a piece of your um, platform as well. And um, the funders want a successful business because they want to get their money back. So I think to the extent we can recharacterize the roles a little bit it might be helpful in thinking about how to meet the needs of both constituencies because then you can think about how do you get them closer together. Um, And particularly for groups like angels or even other individual investors as opposed to the institutional investors, we're often investing in people the people part of the product, not the product part of the product. You know, like you were saying um, in your in your platform you're really wanting to tell people's stories and you're wanting to get that out there. And so if we both want successful businesses and even the institutional investors, right? Like I mean, you're you are um contacting institutional investors that have more than just a money outcome in their in their interests, right? They're wanting to invest in women, they're wanting to invest in underserved markets and so on and so forth. So I think I think just kind of thinking about recharacterizing their roles is helpful in in thinking through some of these pieces and I know you've done that because you have baked into the platform itself how do we make it safer for the funders while also making it easier quicker and you know more accessible for founding women who might not otherwise have other opportunities for funding from other platforms yeah
2: so yes, we're sh- you're exactly right And and Roshana, can you tell us a little bit more about the platform itself?
0: Yes. So it is a debt-based funding platform for women who already have revenue and have been in business for a period of time that's greater than uh, six months. So the debt-based notes are revenue share. So they'll be based on the revenue that happened in that particular month for the business. The uh, funding of the uh, investment revenue share notes will be open to the public. So anyone, whether they're accredited or not accredited, will be able to participate in funding a particular offering from an uh, entrepreneur and in addition to the public we plan on receiving pledges from uh, the institutions that you mentioned in terms of you know banks angel groups investment funds so that they would also be able to fulfill that gap um, in funding for each entrepreneur so the platform will be able to take the profile and offering from the entrepreneur, it will be able to aggregate all of the funds from the different funders or investors, and then it will also be able to uh, disperse the funds to the entrepreneur and handle payback repayment of that loan to all of the investors.
2: That's great. You're, you're in a great position to fund women-led businesses faster. Um, one of the things I just heard you say, so we talked a little bit earlier about funders and founders or investors and founders. You kind of just added another um, role in terms of the community, right? And the community is playing a really important role in your platform, which I think is, is fairly unique in what we've seen so far. Um, and so you've got essentially three roles or three stakeholders that you need to meet their needs. Um, And I really like the idea of banks or institutional investors pledging money in in advance to allow you to allocate and fund based on the community input. So as a management consultant, I always love to look at, you know, things and threes. And so um, three things for you to think about are your platform, your partnerships, and your purpose, right? And so I think around the platform, which just sounds so innovative and um, seamless. I think you're in a position to, again, connect the founders and the funders. Your platform does need to be seamless, intuitive, and really provide opportunities to integrate. And what I mean by that, there are, as you look at working with banks and institutional investors, uh, they love social metrics. And you kind of talked about creating a founder's package, which, again, I think is great Any way you can make it easy for them to do their jobs will be a benefit. And so I'd encourage you to look at how you can really integrate your platform with what they're already doing just to make it easy on both sides. And second, around the partnerships, uh, anyone who knows me knows that I love partnerships. I do believe that partnerships really help you scale intentionally uh, and smartly, right? And so partnering with a group of key institutional banks, um, other community organizations, really may help you identify funding faster, and also help you with marketing. And then around purpose, because you do have so many different stakeholders and constituents, you may want to really consider a a clear marketing and communicating strategy. Um, You have investors, your loyal customers, customers who are trying your service, and then new customers. So, creating a tiered communication and support process to not only create that continuous engagement but also to provide updates, maybe highlight success stories of both founders and banks using your product, um, really utilizing your marketing and what customers need more uh, and from in terms of your communication and just social media outreach. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. and, and I guess one other thing that you mentioned to us was around, you know, people have told you that you don't need marketing or PR to get funders. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
0: Yes. Yeah, so. I was asking about should I do a full PR strategy to grow um, the company and increase um, funding stakeholder engagement, funder stakeholder engagement. I've done PR before, and at times, uh, being on four TV shows or radio shows a day will take up a lot of your time and pull you away from some of the other things, such as running your company. So I wanted to know, did that make sense for Enricher at the stage that we're in, because That is always one of the things that every startup company is advised to have is your full marketing and PR strategy. However, I spoke to several different people in the PR uh, domain and some of, and there were mixed uh, recommendations. But one recommendation in particular was really based on, on the funder side. And they say, where do funders go to make these kinds of decisions in terms of who they partner with and what platforms are, are good for them? And they won't look at necessarily a TV show or social media or other kinds of uh, marketing exposure to make those decisions. So the recommendation from one individual in particular was uh, you shouldn't, I shouldn't focus on um, that, tar- that part at this stage of the growth of Enricher and allocate that time to more of a direct uh, approach.
1: At the end of the day, who is your primary customer? This will help you focus on what direction you need to go in terms of PR and marketing. So the primary customer
0: are the women-led businesses that we're serving.
1: Okay, so that's great. So you've had great press. It's on your site. We've been very impressed by it. You've uh, been featured in Fast Company, Forbes, and Huffington Post, just to name a few. And I always believe that having press affects your brand and gives you credibility. And it builds immediate trustworthiness for investors, founders, and you just named your third stakeholder community. It's not a direct link, but it's good for credibility. I do agree with the publicist who said, you know, that you should be knocking on more doors and not trying to get any more press. In my opinion, I think it'll probably just come to you automatically because you've received so much press um, already. And if you continue down the path that you're going, you're going to continue to get it. So leverage it to show that you're a thought leader in a space. Since you already have it, and show that you're an you're an expert. You've mentioned earlier you're a part of the solution, and the press that you've gotten so far will demonstrate this. One of the biggest problems I see with clients and others is that they don't leverage the press that they get. They don't know how to share the news, and it's a lot. It does a lot more behind the scenes than you think. So, continue to you know push out press on your website, share it on social media, especially those evergreen pieces. You can always repurpose stories. People don't realize, a story may be a year old, but you can still repurpose it if it's an evergreen story. It'll demonstrate that you know what you're talking about. It'll help you gain more investors and visibility in the long run. So at the end of the day, this press that you've already received, and as I I believe that you're going to continue to get it, since you're now in this new um, social uh, entrepreneurship program in Washington D.C., it'll satisfy your three stakeholders: your founders, your funders, and your community.
3: Yeah, and let me just weigh in here, Roshana, really quickly, because I think I, I think. Um Zena really touched on a, an important point. You have these different constituencies, but you've got one primary constituency. And that primary constituency is the women founders, right? So how do you get what they need, which is a platform that allows them to get funding fairly quickly. And you've already said, gosh, I've got so many people in my network. I already know the the um, founders that I can help. So then then really, even though your primary constituency right now, or your primary focus is on the founder, your primary goal at the moment is to get funding. And and like Zena said, and, you know, other people that you've spoken to, you're not going to put out a marketing piece and, you know, a major bank is going to sign on and say, here's a million dollar check to do what you need to do. So, you know, that kind of one-on-one um, meeting is important. And I think, you know, Zena says some really important things when she's like, look, you've already got this great foundation. So really build on that. Um, And I know one of the things that Christina had said earlier was talking about these different groups, and how do you build those partnerships? And, you know, even within the funding itself, one of the things that um, I know the three of us had talked about before is figuring out a tiered model, so that you're making sure that you're really addressing the needs of the different constituencies, but doing it in a way that makes sense, right? So you've got a funding platform that might offer $50,000 to one founder and a million dollars to another founder. And those are going to be different groups and people are going to have different needs there. Um, and from a marketing standpoint, one of the final things I wanted to weigh in and suggest is do some, what we call in the marketing world, some ethical spying on your competitors, because you do have some really interesting um, models in the financial space right now. And Roshana, you've been in this world for a really long time. So you've probably seen a lot of the evolution of that. Um, definitely look at what they're doing. I mean, we can do so many things by looking at people's websites and just see what their messaging is, but you can also, you know, spy on people's AdWords. You can see kind of who they're targeting as far as their audiences. And that's going to give you some really interesting insights into how they're thinking about their constituencies and then also give you some direction on how to think about and talk to your constituencies and who might be the right partners for you, particularly as you're trying to figure out who you're going to approach on the financial um, institution side. So those are kind of my thoughts there. Yeah.
2: And I've got one more thing to add to that, um, just back on the partnership and really finding ways to increase the rate of success for you and for your partners. And one just specific example I have for you is around banks. And banks are often looking for partners to help with their Community Reinvestment Act, which I think your platform and, and where you're fitting into the ecosystem um, would really help, and would help with their initiative. So you may consider ways in which you can share your data with them, partner with them and even co market right And so uh, that's another way just for you to save time and then build um, you know b- build that momentum that you already have.
0: Yeah so um, I've actually met with several banks and what you're saying is exactly right. Uh, a lot of them asked if we can filter by certain zip codes um, let them know if they're underrepresented um, founders in, in different categories and that would help them allocate funds to partner with the platform. So I'm really excited about that uh, possibility.
2: Great. Thank you for uh, joining us, Rashani. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for being with us today and just sharing your story and, and walking through how you can actually uh, support your constituency. So one of the things we want to make sure is that our listeners know how to reach you. Can you share your, your information?
0: Yes, thank you so much. It was great speaking to all of you today. I am the founder of Enricher, and we can be found at e n r i c h h e r dot and you can look up me personally. My name is Roshana Novellas. R-O-S-H-A-W-N-N-A, N-O-V-E-L-L-U-S. I'm the only person in the whole world with my name, so I'm very easy to find. So definitely reach out to me if you want to be a funder, a founder, a part of our Enrich Her community.
1: Thank you so much, Roshana, for being on our show. We have learned so much from you. And now, we will turn our show over to Melissa Bradley, who will be today's guest expert, who will give her thoughts on how Roshanna can meet the needs of her two primary constituencies. Before I hand it over to Melissa, let me just give you a little background. Melissa Bradley is a tri-sector leader with more than 20 years of entrepreneurship, investment, and leadership experience. Melissa is managing director of Project 500, accelerating new majority entrepreneurs from high potential to high growth. She is also a professor at the School of Business at Georgetown University, where she teaches impact investing, social entrepreneurship, P2P economies, and innovation. Melissa is a non-resident senior fellow in the Metropolitan Policy Program at the Brookings Institution. She is also co-chair of the National Advisory Council on Innovation and Entrepreneurship by secretary from the uh, Department of Commerce. Melissa, thank you so much for being on our show.
4: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: We would love to hear from you and get your thoughts on how Roshana can um, meet the needs of her two primary constituencies.
4: Yeah, so, you know, Roshana is doing some really great work. Obviously, women are the fastest-growing uh, population of entrepreneurs, particularly the subset of African-American women who are growing six times most entrepreneurs in this country. So she has picked a very attractive market. At the same time, she's also picked a very competitive market. And so it's going to be important that first and foremost she's able to identify her competitive advantage. She has been very fortunate, as as I know she has mentioned, in getting lots of press. Unfortunately, most of the press is about her. And so there's still some question in my mind after reading her materials and and seeing various snippets about her, that while she has done great, it is clear how that's actually being transitioned uh, to her target market of helping women entrepreneurs. But I trust that she will get there if she's able to pivot and share some of her success stories. So entrepreneurs don't have a lot of time, and they need to know that when they sign up for something and participate, even if it's free, there's a cost to them, and that's the cost of time, which is highly invaluable. So it's going to be extremely important. There's a connection between why women entrepreneurs want to participate and what they're actually going to get out of this. And then in terms of the funding, I think there's room for more crowdfunding platforms. Uh, if, again, they're hitting a specific niche. We know that, you know, Kiva kind of paved the way, and one of the reasons why they're successful is not because they were a crowdfunding platform, but they were really solving a problem of bridging the gap of the average American wanting to help those in much more greater need than them, particularly when high friction of transaction, lack of information on how to get money across the borders. So it's extremely important that, just like the training programs, that the funding platform has real clarity around what is its competitive advantage in the light of Republic and Indiegogo and Kickstarter, which have a significant track record ahead of them, but also show results that it's probably one in several thousand that actually successfully fill uh, the gap of getting funding.
1: That's great, Melissa. As usual, I'm learning from you and so will others and getting those nuggets of wisdom. And I'm sure uh, Roshana really appreciates it. So thank you for being on our show.
4: Thank you for having me. Roshana's
3: challenge that we addressed today was, how do I meet the needs of two competing constituencies? Our key recommendations are, of course, clarity around those constituencies. Who exactly are they? There are always more specifics to the characterization of large groups, so it's really important that she knows who they are and can dial down on what their needs are. Secondly, we talked about the recharacterization of those roles to find commonalities and also figure out what their drivers are. And in this case, there were some really important commonalities between her constituencies and of course, some key differences as well, which is why we talked a little bit about how important it will be for her platform to have a tiered approach to really group some of those interests together in a way that makes the platform successful. Of course, she has to have a primary customer. In this case, her primary customer, although her immediate need is to connect with financial institutions, her primary customer is the entrepreneurs. So she really needs to focus on that primary customer. Her role is as a partner and a connector with that primary customer, that primary client, that primary interest group. And yet she's got a lot of other things pulling on her time. As Melissa said to us, it's really about meeting that specific need. There is a great need. There is a lot out there that is driving to fill that need. And so Roshana really needs to differentiate herself in the market, really know what her specific value proposition is, and go there. We are so glad you joined us today. Thank you so much. Please learn more about us at the website getfoundgetfunded.com and sign up for our newsletter. Join us on all of our episodes. We'll see you soon.